Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news and initiatives that focus on the development of cybersecurity economics. You don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert to get plugged in. Your host brings it straightforward, asks the tough questions, and brings the cyber world to a level of understanding for everyone. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join our host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. This is Chris Gorog with my lovely co-host, Martha Laughman, and uh, our guest today, Tasha Hornish. Uh, Tasha is an, the executive director at CAMI, and that means the Cybersecurity Association of Maryland Incorporated. We asked what the I was for right Right before we came on, I was like, what's that mean? Um, but uh, Tasha has a decade of leadership in nonprofit management and leadership. And uh, we're kind of introducing her today. She's last six months at CAMI. And uh, Tasha, welcome today. Thanks for joining. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Okay, so we've heard from Martha before on uh, a couple of shows. Um, she's still getting her, her feet wet and... Uh, trying to uh to get in things but uh we'll let her handle a lot of this conversation but uh as we kind of move into the introduction part of the 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 show tasha give us a little bit about you give us your background um we're always interested how our our leadership got there and and uh why they're out here and uh who they are basically from a personal level so tell us about yourself sure so i grew up in maine um, I was always a, a science nerd when I was younger. It was uh, marine biology. As I grew through my teenagers, it was medicine. So I was uh, on an MD, PhD route when I discovered public health. So I did my master's here at Hopkins, live here in Maryland, have been here for the last decade. Didn't think I would still be here uh, when I first moved here, but uh, it's been a great place to live. So throughout, you know, after earning my master's, I've done a variety of things in clinical research and health, healthcare and community health, and most recently human services. And I honestly came to Cami for a couple of, I think a couple of things really drove me there. Um, first of all, I have been involved in trade associations before, small business groups, you know, proud daughter of two small business owners. And I really know the power and see the power in kind of bringing people together over this central thing. So really was jazzed to be, you know, the leader of an association. It's kind of like being a permanent hype man for all of your members. So that's really fun to do on a daily basis. Um, you know, and coming from healthcare, I think data care and just privacy has always been something that's really just top of mind for me. In clinical research, I would say particularly anytime, you know, somebody sends an internal unencrypted email, I had to tell the FDA about it because we were under an IND. So, yeah, it's uh, it was always top of mind. So when this opportunity came up, I, you know, uh, jumped to the challenge to learn something new and to do something new. Um, and it's it's been great. And, you know, we, we're not just cyber companies. Uh, we're also, you know, support systems like legal and accounting and banking. We also have amazing workforce training partners and academic partners. So I think for somebody with a public health, health, excuse me, mindset, this is really exciting because it's very systems, very big picture, trying to get everybody to work together. So yeah, that's me. 
you know, one thing you said, you said you were a science nerd growing up. I need that. I need a visual. Tell me what that <laughs> looks like. Uh, so, yeah, when I was younger, I mean, I grew up in coastal Maine as well. So I think like, you know, marine biology was just I was out there with my, you know, microscope slides and trying to figure out what was in the dirt. <laughs> yeah. So you had a microscope, you had slides, <laughs> you had a little dropper, yes, and you put the liquid exactly. in and sealed them. Oh, awesome. Yeah, I had the little robots you plugged together that I had to hide in a bag in the corner and batteries and stuff. Yes. So I know how that goes. That's awesome. Yeah. And then in high school, I did a, a science competition where we had to build the lightest tower that could withstand the highest load. Uh -huh. um, so that was fun. So I thought maybe for a while I do engineering, but no, couldn't, couldn't leave bio alone. All right. Well, we're going to take a break here from our sponsors. We'll be right back in a minute. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back. We're with Tasha. Hi, Tasha. <laughs> so what is the mission of CAMI? So Cami, I like to think of us having two main missions. So our first mission as the Trade Association for the Cyber Industry in Maryland is to really be the best damn trade association we can be. So have a group of business building and networking opportunities to support our businesses, help connect with the things they know they need, help them think about some things they might not be thinking about, and just really, again, be their champion, both in daily life through sales and also through legislation. A piece of that um, is also workforce, which we'll talk about a little bit more later, but we know that a skilled workforce is the greatest factor we can have for growing our industry. So that's really important to our, our organization as well. Uh, second, I will say that we are an educational resource for small and medium-sized businesses who have cyber needs. So we have a variety of curated directories, depending on your what business vertical you're in or what size you are or where your location is. We also do a speakers bureau where if you're having a conference or you have, you know, just a meeting that you want somebody to speak at, we have subject matter experts who are ready to do that. Um, and we also do our own webinars from time to time on things that small and medium-sized businesses should be thinking about when it comes to cyber. So you mentioned workforce. Mm -hmm. What is, what's driving that, the interest in workforce? Is that your mission because you personally care about that? Is that something that came from your members? Yeah, so it def it came from our members. Uh, I will say it was definitely part of my decision in coming here as well. Um, again, as a, a systems level person, that was really, really important to me. Um, so, and as somebody who has benefited from mentorship and people endorsing me along the way, I was very excited, but it came from our members who really said, you know, I could have so much more business. I could take on more prime contracts. I could do more work if I only had people in the seats. 
So we know, again, from our other partners in academia and workforce that there are a lot of great training programs, there are a lot of great companies who need work. So really, we see our role in bringing that together. We're not here to reinvent the wheel. We're not going to start our own coding boot camps or anything like that. <laughs> we might help sponsor one and bring other people together again. But, um, you know, we really see ourselves as kind of creating roadmaps. And I think, you know, things that have come up a couple times recently is creating this on-ramp to cybersecurity. You know, it's not all technical. There are lots of roles in cyber that need to be filled. And we see ourselves, and again, kind of providing that roadmap for people to get involved. I've actually been a member of CAMI for, I think, six years. Um, and through the years, I've seen this evolution, right? So workforce was always a topic, but I've never seen it be really front and center as part of CAMI's mission. And in the last six months since you've taken over, I've seen this big shift in and really the attention um, that workforce is getting. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like why why the shift and, and what are you working on? Yeah, so we have a great legislative partner, um, Senator Katie Fry Hester here in Maryland. And she actually, she's involved in the Cybersecurity Commission as well, from which is a governor appointed position. And she's very interested in solving this problem. So before I came on, we did a survey of about 75 companies to figure out you know, what they're already doing, what programs they're familiar with, and where their needs lie. Um, identifying you know, cloud computing, I'd say, as one of the largest needs right now. And so we actually had legislation that did not succeed this year, but it would have created a fund specifically for cybersecurity training. Cyber's tough, like many industries. You know, you can invest a lot of money into your employees and your potential employees, and there's just so much competition that it's it's often hard. And I think it disincentivizes, I'll say, companies. So really, it takes a larger kind of more global approach, like something um, that this fund would have done to help provide that training money. So even though we weren't successful, uh, we've been pushing forward uh, and forming closer relationships with people. And when I say workforce, you know, we're, it's really runs the gamut. You know, we're working right now with somebody to do K through 12 curriculum. Uh, these ninth graders are going to talk about ransomware, whether or not you should pay it. Uh, so it's really fun way to encourage, you know, introduce a cyber uh, notion to them. We have a, a lot of academic partners that we're helping work with. And then of course, our workforce training um, for people who are switching careers or are not, you know, interested in a four or two year degree right now who really just need those technician skills that our industry also needs. So I, you know, I wonder, we always hear lots of need for cybersecurity people. Mm -hmm. Can you tell us what, what you see now as the, the gap, the stats, um, what, how many people are needed versus what's coming in the pipeline? Yeah, so in Maryland alone, you know, that number varies from 19,000 to 22,000 on any given day. And that's not even including all of the cyber jobs that are embedded in different industries like healthcare and excuse me, in medicine, it's really just straight cyber. And, you know, I think a lot of that is, um, again, it's not all technical. Some of it certainly is. There's a need for offensive and defensive, particularly offensive, um, you know, cyber professionals to protect our systems. But there's also need for compliance. Um, there's need for, you know, data privacy. There's, there's lots of needs um, throughout the, the ecosystem. Interesting. Um, so, where what would we have to do people always ask and i have lots of students come through the pipe and say i can't get a job do they have to move to maryland do they have to i mean 
It seems like there's, it, do they need a government clearance comes up so often? It just seems like there's so many hurdles in this, in the way uh, that we almost create this number ourselves. Yeah, you certainly hit on a big one um, with clearances that in Maryland, even our smaller, you know, um, especially I would say our smaller government contractors and subs, I cannot find talent because, you know, the contracts can be really restrictive. They can require employees to have four-year degrees, which isn't really matching up with what we're seeing all the time. Um, they don't allow them to even clear people. They have to be already cleared um, or you have an active clearance, which can be a huge barrier, especially when you're looking at mid-management. So yeah, that's tough. <laughs> that's a really tough one. Um, what we are doing specifically is, you know, there's a lot of small businesses that just don't have the manpower to train somebody, but we know that what they're doing is really important to expose students to. So we also see a role in Cami to kind of be a crowdsource for that and say, hey, you know, maybe you take this intern one day a week, maybe he spends two days over here, et cetera, because it's that really that on the job training that's so important to cyber. And the more when we're thinking about that roadmap and that on ramp, the more opportunities we can provide for real life experience or simulated through cyber ranges, et cetera, is the better, I think, because that's really that's what gets people excited. That's what gets people really thinking about cyber. Um, so it's, it's not a short process. Seems almost like we're fish, fishing out of the military pool and you're wanting these skills that you only have if you come out of the military. Uh, and then, you know, we're four years in the military opens the door to a lot of things, but so many students come through and they're like, Hey, I've been told I can get into this industry by going to college, getting a degree by going to an intern program or some kind of an apprenticeship. How can we shorten the, 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 the pipe, make that easier on that side? Because I think there's enough of those to fill this gap, but we're fishing out of the same little puddle. Yeah, that's a great point. I think, again, integrating the sooner that you can get on the job experience or at least some type of practical experience, um, you know, with training and, you know, hand in hand from the beginning, I think that will help get people moving. But it's it's hard because businesses don't want to take people with no experience. So how I think, again, it takes kind of the whole ecosystem to create those programs and figure out how to fit them in. Um, and maybe they're joint ventures. Maybe it's not just all in the employer. Maybe it's, you know, these partnerships, which, which you, and we have good examples of it existing. We just have to scale it up, which again is where I think Miami has a place. So I know you mentioned diversity earlier in the conversation. How does, where does that play a role in this workforce initiative that Cami has? Let's answer that as soon as we come back from our break here. We're going to take a little break and hear from our sponsor. We're back with Tasha. Hi, Tasha. (laughs) Thank you. Um, It's been a great conversation so far. I do want to go back to something you mentioned earlier about workforce. You mentioned diversity. So how does diversity play a role in your workforce initiatives with CAMI? 
Sure. So I really see diversity working into every step of that. Um, if you don't know the career exists, if you don't know the jobs exist, you can't fill them. So certainly, again, starting with the K through 12, we have great partners who are already doing this work. We can provide our subject matter expertise to make sure that these kids are really getting the most up-to-date cyber information. Um, and also, we'll get to pair you know, our, our partners and our employers and our, our member companies with these programs to do some sort of member, excuse me, mentorship, which I think is also really important because, again, if you don't see it, you can't be it. Um, and so we also work with a lot of programs that, you know, intentionally recruit from underrepresented groups to do training, to do experiences. So wherever we can, I try to give them some extra, you know, lights and kind of amplify the message that they're working on. Because it's, it's a really important one. We're, we're going to have so many challenges and we're not going to solve all the problems we can if we don't have that diverse uh, perspective and pipeline. And when you say diversity, what specifically are you talking about? Are you talking about, you know, people of different colors? Are you talking about women or? Yeah, I think, you know, we're talking about, um, I would say mainly at this point, kind of gender and racial diversity. Um, of course, you know, we need to think beyond that as well about neurodiversity and, you know, different people of different abilities. It really, you know, I think there's so many, there's just so much untapped talent out there. Um, and so many people who are underrepresented in cyber who could really rich in the field, especially at a time like this, we need so many people. You know, you mentioned earlier when, when Chris and you were talking about um, fishing from the small pool, right? So if you're fishing from the military pool and the majority is largely, you know, the military is largely male, right, dominated, then it's really not surprising that there's a lack of female representation in the civilian industry. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I, I think that that's a great point. We have, I think, throughout K through 12 education, we give girls, little girls and women specifically messages that maybe this isn't for you. And so just taking that creativity and curiosity and giving them an outlet through different cyber opportunities is very cool. So what initiatives do you have to try to pull, you know, women back into the industry that maybe were lost from that leaky pipeline? Ah, uh, yes, that is a great <laughs> That's a great question. So we personally at, uh, at CAMI, we have a diversity committee and uh, we have a couple of events coming up later this year, but one of them will be, you know, a, a it's social, you know, just purely a social, purely a party in um, December to bring people together. But, you know, I see for CAMI, these different communities of folks who have different interests, either professionally, perhaps they're in sales or marketing or HR, or maybe they are an underrepresented group and maybe they're often the only woman in the room and they just want to meet with other women from across the industry to chat and problem solve together and just you know, have comrades across uh, the industry. So I, I think that there's a lot more that we could be doing, but I, I, I think we're on a great path so far. Yeah. So kind of looking over before we run out of time, there's a whole other side to this that's bringing the companies, the organizations that do the hiring on board. Let's kind of go into what your mission is and what you do on that side. Bringing on those, um, the people who do the hiring and yes. the onboarding. Great. As far as from our cyber companies or externally or both? Like I think, how do you how do you acquire new members, um, companies that join you, and sure. then also like you know what are they expecting from Cami and hoping to get out of these initiatives that you're you're 
Yeah. The HR ones, um, are, I'll say, are pretty new for Cami. Uh, we are really just this year trying to recruit. So the great thing about Cami is that it is also, I'll say, company membership. So you can engage many different employees at many different levels and different things. So, you know, I think that a lot of people come to us from our different recruiting partners, from business leagues, and even the State Department of Commerce because they think, you know, they know that by working with us, they'll get connected to the resources. You know, they're busy running their business. They don't have time to think about what do CISOs want or, you know, how do I raise money for Series A? (laughs) So they really come to us for that. Um, As far as how we engage different groups, you know, I really am really excited for what Cami will do in the next year as far as segmentation goes and to really just giving people content that they want through member engagement, um, we have a great, for example, for HR, we're also partnering. Um, it's going to be here in Howard County, Maryland, because that's where we are. We're partnering with the Howard County Chamber and their HR society to do this diversity um, seminar in October, which will talk all about, you know, you have your DEI plan, what's next? How do you continue to have these meaningful conversations? So I think by, again, just circling back, by getting people of different places within the company to figure out what they really need to build the best cyber company they can, um, and then providing that content for them is going to be the priority for the next year. So how does that relate to whether I'm a small organization, a big company, you know, what do you want coming in? What can you offer support for and how? Sure. So definitely, um, you know, our our member base is primarily small and medium-sized businesses. 95% of our members have 50 or fewer employees. So really, it's it's a grassroots organization. However, I think that there's a lot that larger companies can bring. If you're looking just at business opportunities, a lot of those companies need other vendors. They're not going to do everything internally. They need other subcontractors. They just, they also have an interest, I believe, in building the ecosystem of a strong, you know, Maryland cyber community. And, you know, they all have workforce problems. They might have their recruiters, they might have all these people, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a fun story where, you know, one of the fastest Maryland cyber growing companies came to us within the past year and said, hey, we have all these open positions. What do we do? We could introduce them to Howard Community College. They got a training program together and we could help them fill that pipeline. But I mean, this is like a Fortune 100 company as well you know, the fast growing company I mentioned, even large guys don't know where to turn is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> so really, we're uh, very excited to be that spot, that spot for companies of all growth stages. So Maryland's in your name. Does mm-hmm. it have to be Maryland centric? Are we only talking to one, one you know, ge- geographic region? What are, what are we talking about here? Yeah. So the way that we see it is, you know, do they have a presence in Maryland? And honestly, I will say even with the shift to remote work, it's been pretty challenging. So we're also figuring out ways to engage maybe people who are in Maryland, who live in Maryland doing cyber, but work for a company in California. I still think they have a place in Cami. Um, But yeah, technically, you know, if you live here, work here, have some kind of presence in Maryland, you know, let's chat. But for now, we're focused primarily on Maryland. Okay, that answers. So now, in kind of closing here, wrapping toward the end, uh, we want to give you anything that you want to get out to our listeners that you need engagement with, how people can reach out to you, uh, what site can they, they jump on to, to get familiar with your programs, or to even sign up for, for getting uh, on board or being a member. Yeah, definitely. So our website super easy, mdcyber.com. You can always reach me at tasha at mdcyber.com. 
when you go there, you can see lots of different programs we're having, some of our upcoming events, including our fifth annual MD Cyber Award Ceremony, which will be great back here at Maryland Live Casino. Uh, additionally, you know, you'll see more and more over the next couple months about what we're doing specifically with workforce for, you know, there's a couple of things where I can't talk about quite yet, but, you know, if you are a larger company who is having workforce challenges, particularly in cyber and information security, we would love to hear feedback. There's a lot of things we can do together. So we'd love to bring you on board. All right. Thanks so much for being on today, Tasha. Um, I would uh, say, talking to our audience, this has been a representative from Maryland. If you're in another state or another area and have a similar message, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on to talk about what is going on in your region. Thank you, Tasha. Thank you so much, Martha. Thanks, Chris. Enjoy your day. Thank you, you too. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening today. And we hope you come back for another episode. But uh, have a great day. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of New Cyber Frontier. Remember to get involved. Often we think that someone else will handle privacy and security in the virtual world, but you are the only one truly in command of your virtual fate. Join our mailing list so we can keep you informed of breaking news and new releases. If you have an idea, if you have a question that you would like to hear answered, or if you want to get involved with our efforts, reach out to us at newcyberfrontier.com. We also encourage you to visit our sponsors' links as they are the ones that really make this show possible. I want to thank each of you for supporting the show, and we look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of New Cyber Frontier.